Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic adult and child psychiatrist. In this episode, I'll be discussing high copper conditions and causes of high copper. I always love sharing information about high copper because it's very common when it comes to brain symptoms. Also, it's not difficult to address, and addressing it can usually have a big impact on someone's life and the lives of those around them. Now, high copper is usually not occurring in isolation. It can be contributing and interacting with other root causes. However, by itself, it causes symptoms, and so addressing it can be quite impactful. So how does copper impact brain symptoms? Copper is a trace metal that exists in the body, so it's not a heavy metal like lead or mercury. It is a cofactor in the conversion of dopamine to norepinephrine, meaning the enzyme that converts dopamine to norepinephrine needs copper to work well, and that enzyme is called dopamine beta-hydroxylase. So if someone has too much copper, that could mean too much conversion of dopamine to norepinephrine. Now keep in mind that we need dopamine for our mood and for attention, among other things. Norepinephrine, which is also like adrenaline, is something that gives us energy. So if we're converting too much dopamine to norepinephrine, that could result in problems with attention, decrease in our mood, so depression, and it could mean too much adrenaline, which could look like anxiety or panic, insomnia, hyperactivity. So this combination can cause a range of symptoms. So why would copper be high? So I'm going to list five primary reasons that I see in my work. And the first would be from an, a source. So this could be a copper IUD, or it could be copper from copper-containing supplements, or from someone having a lot of high copper foods. Now, chocolate and shellfish are particularly high. There are some other foods, such as organ meat, avocado, certain nuts and beans. However, the highest really are chocolate, carob, and shellfish. Copper is in our water, again, because it's not a heavy metal, but it is especially high in well water. The second reason someone could have high copper could be from added estrogen in the form of birth control or hormone replacement, but it also could be the case that someone is having more estrogen because of pregnancy or even puberty. Copper is needed to vascularize the placenta, so basically that means to make blood vessels for the placenta. Estrogen and thus copper levels will naturally go up during pregnancy, but then they should come down. For some women, copper levels don't come down, and this can be due to one of the following reasons that I'm about to discuss. So a third reason can be a genetic variant or a SNP, as they're often referred to, that can impact metallothionine proteins. So metallothionine proteins, they're really a lesser known, but nonetheless incredibly important antioxidant in the body. They are proteins that regulate copper and zinc. 
They play an important role in protecting us from toxins, and they provide protection at the blood-gut and blood-brain barriers. Fourth is high oxidative stress. So this is another reason we could have high copper. And I would say when it's a genetic cause, that would be likely to cause copper to be especially high. Oxidative stress may cause it to certainly bump up, but not may not be as extreme as with a genetic variant. Oxidative stress is when our body's antioxidants are getting used up, basically being depleted by some overwhelming stressor on the body. So this could be toxicity from a biotoxin, such as mold toxicity, toxic chemicals, heavy metals, inflammation, trauma, and so forth. If methylethionines are busy dealing with toxicity, then they may not be keeping our copper and zinc levels in check. And to do their job well, they need zinc, which by itself is also an important antioxidant. So the fifth and last reason that I'm mentioning here for high copper can be low zinc. And this again could be due to oxidative stress, but it can also be the result of high pyrroles, which I have a podcast and a blog post on. Insufficient dietary sources of zinc can also be a factor. So before I talk about 10 situations where I think it's important to consider high copper, I would like to mention you know, that high copper can and its consequences can occur at any age. So despite copper's common relationship with estrogen, boys and men can also be affected. So 10 situations to consider high copper. First, children, teens, or adults with severe tantrums, rage, or a diagnosis of mood dysregulation disorder or intermittent explosive disorder. Usually these types of symptoms will be due to high copper and or high pyrroles. As Dr. Walsh has often said, one of the easiest conditions to treat with a nutrient protocol is severe tantrums in children. Number two, those with ADHD. When the Walsh Research Institute looked at 5,600 children and adults with the diagnosis of ADHD, 68% were found to have copper-zinc imbalances, meaning depressed zinc and elevated copper. When you look at the combination of low dopamine, so decreased attention, and high norepinephrine, which can result in hyperactivity, ADHD makes sense. Number three, girls with the onset of depression, anxiety, or attentional issues around puberty. This could also relate to a slow COMT variant, which is further slowed by the increased presence of estrogen. Number four, any teen or a woman who has a worsening of mood, increased anxiety, or decreased attention after starting birth control or hormone replacement. Often, teens or young women who have had heavy bleeding and or mood swings or anxiety around the onset of their period are started on birth control to regulate their cycle. If I am seeing them, it is because of new or escalating brain symptoms. My expectation 
is that they had high copper to begin with, and then their coppers became higher over time from the added estrogen. And this can be a little bit deceptive because the symptoms may not sort of appear quickly. It may take time for those to evolve. Number five, any woman with brain symptoms and a copper IUD. Though not all women have problems regulating copper, some do, or they already have high copper before a copper IUD would make it higher. Any research suggesting a copper IUD is safe isn't accounting for biochemical diversity. My hope is that someday there will be a standard of care that requires serum copper levels to be tested before a copper IUD or even birth control pills are given, and with that, a follow-up serum copper level. Number six, any history of postpartum depression, anxiety, or psychosis. Research by Dr. William Walsh found that 95% of women who reported having had postpartum depression had high copper. Copper levels, as I said, go up during pregnancy. Copper should return to normal pre-pregnancy levels after birth. If a woman has difficulty regulating copper, it could stay high and contribute to those postpartum symptoms. Number seven, anyone with a panic disorder. Now I see panic for other reasons as well, including mast cell activation. Um, It can be as a result of overmethylation. Number eight, children on the autism spectrum. And this is due to high oxidative stress. Again, their protective antioxidants have become depleted, usually because of toxicity and inflammation, and because of genetic vulnerabilities to toxicity. And because of this, they usually will have low zinc, elevated copper, and high pyrroles. Number nine, along the same lines, Anyone with severe brain conditions, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, paranoid schizophrenia, or bipolar disorder. As with autism, these individuals are dealing with severe oxidative stress. Another factor for high copper in dementia and Parkinson's disease specifically can relate to the fact that we become depleted in zinc as we age. As zinc drops, copper levels go up. The good news is zinc can be optimized as we age. So though for neurodegenerative conditions, as I talk about with my post on evidence of mold and candida in the brain of those with Alzheimer's, those that have a toxicity from mold and mold certainly would have high oxidative stress. So the high copper, while someone can come by it because of low zinc and genetic reasons, it can certainly also be co-occurring with a mold-related condition because of the high oxidative stress. Number 10, anyone with a family history of anger-related issues, ADHD, or postpartum depression. In the next episode, or if you're reading this in newsletter, and I should say if you are reading this in newsletter, if you want to see the newsletter, I do have some visuals to try to map out a little bit of the causes and the effect of copper on the conversion of dopamine to norepinephrine. 
In next Saturday's newsletter, I'll address testing and answer the question, why, if copper overload is so common, is it so rarely picked up on? And I'll discuss treatment considerations based on the five factors that appear to drive copper overload. Until then, I'd love to read any of your copper-related questions if you're getting this through the newsletter. If you are interested in subscribing to get this by email, both the text and audio, please consider subscribing at CourtneySnyderMD.com. And until we connect in a future episode, take care. Bye-bye.